Hey, Rev. Welcome back to Born for Greatness, Episode 5. We have a special one for you today as we get to know Megan St. Mark, co-owner and founder of Rev. From mother to business owner to fitness instructor, Megan exudes greatness and inspires so many along the way. Alyssa and I have had the great pleasure of knowing Megan for many years and have always been inspired by her resilience. Her recent battle with depression after the miscarriage of her second child has been one of her biggest challenges yet. Join us in learning how she has overcome that challenge and many others to get to where she is today. All right, let's go. Welcome to Born for Greatness, a rare podcast here to inspire you to pursue your greatest potential. I'm Clyde Sims. And I'm Alyssa Pinozzi. We're your hosts. Together, we're sitting down with courageous, inspiring, and resilient individuals to hear about their journeys towards greatness. All right. Welcome, everyone. We have a special treat for you today. Alyssa Pinozzi and myself, we thought it'd be a good idea to bring our friend and boss on the show today. So we have her here. She was born in Oxford, Connecticut, um, co-owner of Revd. And uh, she started at UConn uh, finished and graduated at Northeastern uh, Megan St. Mark. Hey. Welcome. Hey. What's Welcome. up? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm going to behave. Right. <laughs> you don't have to, Megan. She does. It's really your show. <laughs> if Clyde says so, I will. I will be 100% <laughs> stay on track. Here. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's get started. So everyone knows you as a co-owner and an instructor at Red, but we're going to take it back. All right. We got to okay. go back back and um you know get to know megan all right so born and raised in connecticut yeah oxford connecticut yeah. all right big family right very big family five kids five kids mom and dad where were you i'm second oldest second oldest okay yes who else, who else i have there? a older sister caitlin and then i have three younger brothers okay one two three they're wow. awesome. Everyone's awesome. I love them. i love the family yeah. yeah good people yeah yeah, yeah. very all, very good very close yeah yeah can't get away from each other yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So yeah, it's five, fun. five kids. All right. Yeah. So, um, attention around the household. What? Yeah. What was that like? Yeah. So you had to fight for it. Yeah. Um, you had to cover your dish at dinner so that no one else would touch your food, and you always had to have something going on in your life that could outshine everybody else. Uh -huh. So there was a lot of competition, mm -hmm. and so some people kind of fell into the more quiet. Um, you know, listening zone at the dinner table, and then others of you know we were performing at all Which times. One I, I, I was yeah. literally on a stage at all times, trying to get people to look at me. What do you think? Come yeah. on, yeah. no, I would do like I was actually telling Liz Conway that um, I was doing a performance after dinner once, and um, I had a nightgown on and did a cartwheel and didn't have undergarments oh, on, oh, and wow. I think I was like seven. <laughs> And we'll never live that one down. So there you go. Okay, I'll behave now. Sorry. But uh, I wasn't it wasn't recently. I was like seven and then realized that, okay, like cool it. But yeah, yeah we had yeah. to we had to fight for the attention and uh and I think we're still kind of doing it now. That's why I think two of my brothers went into the military because like you can't beat that. You can't beat flying helicopters and like like sailing yeah. boats. That's true. Like what that, is the so. age differences between you guys? So Caitlin, my sister and I were fifteen months apart, so we're what you call Irish twins. So yeah. we were like really, really close in age. And then Andrew is about a year and a half, a little, almost two years younger than me. And then Patrick is another two years younger than that. And then Kevin is two years younger. Than okay. That. So, um, we range in age from 35, 36 to, um, 27. I think. Wow. Kevin What's the cutoff for Irish twin? I think it's like, like 15 or 16 months. I think you okay. have to be within like, like you, like you have your baby and then you've got like three months to get pregnant again or something yeah. like okay. that. Like it's like yeah. nuts. Yeah. Right. Like I would basically, if I was having an Irish twin, I'd be like pregnant now with my next kid. 
No. Like after having Mia, which, sorry, Matt. Yeah, not yet, not yet. We'll we'll hold off. So your parents are Irish. Yeah. So my mom is like, I mean, we haven't done our twenty three and me yet, but my mom's like seventy five percent Irish. Okay. And my dad is Irish and Norwegian and French Canadian. So yeah, yeah. So uh, my maiden name is Severson, which is a Nordic name. So that's like Norway. Yeah. Norway. Mm -hmm. Fun fact: Mm -hmm. What is your mother's maiden name? Boyd, which is my maiden name yes. as well. Right. So we're, yes. we're related. Spelled yes. the same way? Yeah, B-O-I-D. Yeah. So like a, a huge part of my family are the Boyds. Yeah. Because my mom has, my mom's one of seven kids and has a bunch of brothers and they, they kept the oh, name. Oh, wow. so, I didn't know yeah. she had. Wow. Yeah, lots of kids. So I think I have like 50 first cousins. Yeah. It's like nuts. That's wild. Yeah. It's fun. It's yeah. really fun. But all it makes sense. I know, Alyssa, you, it was like two of you guys in the house, right? Yeah. And I've seen uh, home videos of you guys. Yeah. And you were de- definitely <laughs> fighting for attention. Yeah. I had two, yeah. Two younger sisters and I was fighting for attention. So. Yeah. I can only imagine. You learn five. a lot. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. So let's fast forward. Okay. All right. So um, college. We're going to go to college. Mm-hmm. Straight to college. Sorry. Yeah. Actually. No, let's let's go back a little bit. Oh gosh. I want to talk about, <laughs> I want to talk about like the middle school, high school. What was it like uh, growing up in Connecticut? Connecticut. Yeah. Oh, so, okay, let me back up. I'm yeah. I'm not from New England. Right. And, um, you know, New England, I mean, Connecticut is considered part of part of New England. I've, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot about it, um, but I know only through you some things. So, um, yeah, yeah what, what was it like? Oh, boy. Connecticut is like exactly what you think it is. It's like, well, you know, the trees changing in the fall, the beautiful colors, white picket fences, you know, the station wagons, the nuclear family, two and a half mm-hmm. kids. You know, mom and dad home in the house. And then uh, there's the variations to it, too. But I luckily grew up with both my parents present in the household and like a really loving marriage and, you know, kids everywhere. I I don't think we locked our doors. I think there was always a neighbor over the house. My dad is so involved or was so involved with um, like sports and coaching. And so we always had like our teammates at the house. We always were just doing something. Um, And we grew up as an athletic family. We all played sports very early on. We started with soccer and then Mm -hmm. like my brothers um, got into hockey. Um, I got a bit into lacrosse in high school. Um, My dad was a swimmer in high school and my mom was a softball player. So it was just like always things going on. And so we pretty much were thrown into sports early on. And that's very New England, like soccer games every like, you know, Saturday and Sunday. And, um, and that's how we grew up. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And our town is a really small town. So it's actually the largest land town land wise in hmm. Connecticut. Interesting fun fact. <laughs> um, but it has like the least amount of people, at least at the time I grew up, it's grown a lot since then. Wow. We had like one stoplight in our town for a really long time. No high school, too small for it. Oh, really? Yeah, too many people voting against it when it oh. came down to Texas. <laughs> they were like, no. So I went to high school like about a half hour from where I grew up. Okay. Which opened me up into like a whole new like, you know, group of friends and yeah. stuff. But yeah. You had, you had an awkward face. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were trying to like bring that was, up. That's why you asked okay. about middle okay. school. Okay, so I think I've we all pictures. did. So we can, yeah, yeah, it's relatable. You were that's, never as awkward as me. I bet I was. I bet he okay. was. I mean, we would have been friends though. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm out of here. No, um, I was super awkward. You know what? I didn't care about the stuff that like a typical like 12 year old girl would care about. Mm-hmm. I wanted to play sports, hang out with my friends. I was like decent at school. I got some good grades. Yeah. Um, I had very short hair. 
Um, a bowl cut. I, I've seen. Well, photos. it went from like pixie to bowl. It would like okay. shift back and forth depending on the season. Wait, what's the okay. difference now? So a bowl cut looks like you actually put a bowl on your head and just cut the hair. Okay, I know that. Oh, and is then, that what that came from? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. Because <laughs> it was an easy cut. You put the bowl on the head. I don't know if anyone actually put a bowl on the head. I bet they did. Yeah. My, okay. I mean, my hairdresser Probably. just knew how to do it like natural. <laughs> okay. I, she was like, give I me that. Steady hand. Something. Steady hand, yeah. 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 And then, um, and mine would kind of part right here so I had a little like it was like little I guess like early curtain bangs I guess right okay. um and then I pixie cut is much shorter where it's kind of just like spiky okay so I product, would product um yep yeah, so I would All do right. some gel and then um I was really into butterfly clips just to add a little feminine oh. touch to it <laughs> yeah so I yeah. would kind of like make little rows back almost like cornrows okay. and I'd put a butterfly clip so it looked like I had like a headband of um of gems and I used to do that too <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah, what so age is this? That was probably like seventh, eighth grade. Okay. Um, and I just remember because also like when you play sports, right? And you like you're it's all girls, like all the leagues I was. I think I was only co-ed soccer until I was in like maybe fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And so at that time there was enough girls to play in our own league. And a lot of people would be like, Oh, like there's a boy on your team. And I'd be like, Who? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was always like, I'm like, who's the boy? Like where where's he at? Right. And then I was like, Oh, it's me. And I remember too, I played basketball and someone was like, Oh, there's um there's only one girl on your team. And I was like, yeah, it's me. And they were like, no, it's Morgan. And this was a, a sweet feminine looking boy, Morgan. And I was like, no, no, I'm, and it was just, I was like, we're just, we're all like, we, yeah, we're doing our thing. So I, yeah, it was a little awkward, but the good thing was, is when you are young and awkward, but completely ignorant to that, like awkwardness and you yeah. don't think anyone, like, I just don't, I don't care if people judge me. Like, and as a kid, I was just like, oh, you're talking about me. Like, Okay. And you have that moment where you reflect and you go like, I wish everyone would like me more. Like if I looked a certain way, should I do that? And that's when you lose your innocence as a kid. You're like, you start to think about what am I doing and what am I saying and what do people think of me? So for a very long time, I didn't think anything of it. And I'm back there now in my thirties. I don't really think. It's like you go in a circle. You do. Yeah. You do. That's a talent though. Thank you. So yeah, to be able to block it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I think it, early on, it's just you get raised the right way. Yeah. And like, yes. yeah. So. And one funny, funny story. Your dad was your like soccer coach. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just one story. Listen, I don't know if you've heard it. Wait, I don't about think About so. when he was yelling at me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love this story. My dad, Jim, he's the best. Um, And he, uh, yeah, he was my soccer coach. And like Jim off the field, the kindest, mm-hmm. like he's the biggest heart ever. Like I I could go on and on about my dad. Um, and a lot of you guys know him and he's just amazing. Um, on the field, like drill sergeant, mm-hmm. you know, no, like if we would play basketball. He would like knock our teeth out. Cause he'd be like in the paint. Like, and I'm like, we, like, really? we're, like, losing, we're like losing our teeth. Like what's happening here. I mean huh. like baby teeth, but maybe yeah. some uh, you know, adult teeth, but whatever. So many times, not even just once, but many times he would be coaching and he would be yelling like directions at people. And he was yelling at me. And I'm standing on the sideline next to him. <gasps> He's like, Maggie, use your body. Step oh, out, let's go. And I'm standing there and I'm like, I'm like, Dad, I'm like, you had, you didn't put me in yet, Dad. Oh no. Like, I'm like standing on the sideline. And he's like, oh, whatever, Sarah. And I'm just like, oh my God. I'm like, this dude is so intense. Because it's tough to be the coach's daughter. He didn't yes, give me any yes. favors. 
In fact, like I probably didn't start that game. That's why I was standing next to him on the sideline. But yeah, he was. He thought he was yelling at me, and it wasn't yeah. me out there. Which that's you should have so known because I was the only one with short hair out there. You should have known, like, sure. that's yeah, not me. Yeah. So, but yeah, he just and couldn't, yeah. Couldn't it's even funnier once you get to know your dad. Yeah, is, uh, yeah. He's uh, he's a trip. He's the I best though. Story. Yeah. Hey, dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fast forward. Uh, college. Right. You started at UConn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how long were you there? I was there for a semester, um, and I wasn't sure if I would stay or go, but I was admitted. Um, like late start to Northeastern. So I just did a semester at UConn and was like, all right, let me try this out. Okay. And it was crazy. Okay. So, <laughs> but you left? I did. I left after the first semester to start at Northeastern. At Northeastern. Okay. Yeah. What, what was that? Uh, what was the decision? Um, the reasoning? So I went into college um, and I was studying physical therapy at the time. That okay. was what my major was. And so I had applied to the PT program at Northeastern and they gave me a, a deferred admittal, um, admittance What's the word for it? I and think that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so I went to UConn just to take classes under that major, and I ended up, like, not liking science. Mm. And I was like, well, that's good. Good thing I know that. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I decided, I was like, all right, I just want to, you know, I want to understand what it is I want to do. And but being at UConn felt like being at high school still. It's like a lot of my high school friends there. And it was a pretty crazy party school too. And to be honest with you, I was hanging out with like a lot of the athletes because that's what we were doing. And um, I wasn't really focusing on school like I should. And so um, I always kind of wanted to be in a city too. And so every time I went to Northeastern and I went to Boston, I really felt like that was my home. Yeah. So um, I decided to change my major to communications go up to Northeastern and just like give it my best. And I ended up loving it there. So yeah, but you got, you got to find out where you feel good. And if it's not round one, it's round two. Like, yeah, that's what it is. So yeah, yeah. that's cool. So what'd yeah. you study at Northeastern? Uh, communications, journalism, and media studies. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Which led you to after school. Yes. So yeah. Nesson, that was your first job out of school. Yeah, actually my first job, I was in school when I got that. Okay. So uh, Northeastern does the co-op program. And that means that you stop taking classes for six months at a time and you work in a field. Right. Um, and back in the day, some of them were like unpaid and like high, like high labor hours, like all, all week long. So I got a job with Cox Sports in Rhode Island and I was covering like local um, high school and college sports in Rhode Island. So I was doing um, PC basketball. What's up, Jess? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and hockey and, um, and then like a lot of like the local like college sports. And I had always been an athlete and always loved it. And so it was really cool to do that. And my goal at the time was to be an on-camera sideline reporter mm. um, or analyst or whatever the, that might be. So then I met the director, um, Mike Narachi of the Red Sox, and he was doing some work with Cox, and that's where he got his start too. And he's like, look, we're looking for interns with the Red Sox this season. Do you think you could work for both networks at the same time? And I was like, for sure. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's so me, though. Like, yeah, it I'll is. be there. So, like, I would leave Boston to go to Providence at, like – I think like 5 a.m. and work at Cox till noon and then hit Fenway Park from like 1 p.m. to like 2 a.m. So like you just and for like I don't think either job was really paying me anything at the time. And so um, I did a season with the Red Sox and Nesson and then they asked me to come back for hockey that year. And so then I just started doing like the seasonal like hockey um, baseball. And then I was also doing some, um, uh, freelance work with the revolution, uh-huh. um, and the Patriots and the Celtics. So it really opened me up into like not working necessarily just for a network, but working mm. for all the networks that would come in and you build a reputation. Right. Yeah. And at the time I was just like the production assistant. And then I was the stage manager and just kind of kept building my way up, um, and meeting the people that had the jobs that I wanted. Yeah. Mm. So it was cool. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I was thinking today actually on that, you said that, um, 
about the uh you know the two networks yeah when you're really into something and and hustling towards something mm-hmm. it's almost like you say yes first and yeah. then you yeah and then you yeah. figure it out right you do and yeah. i th- we do a lot of that here too right like we, yeah. we try to like yeah. Yeah, we say yes because we know it's something we're capable of or we we hope and then we're like well now i have to map it out but yeah especially at that age I didn't think no was an answer to anything yeah. because I was one of the only females. I yeah. was the youngest on staff and I was like, no, I, I got to say yes to this, you know, um, within reason. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. What do you think it was about sports and production that made you want to work there? Um, you know, what's so funny. Like you're just kind of like going with the tide in a way when you're in college Yeah, and everything kept telling me that like I related, I was an athlete growing up. I related to athletes. I, thought with a team mentality a lot. Um, and I just always really felt good in these jobs that I was saying yes to. And so it wasn't like I was like, I've always known I wanted to do this because originally studying physical therapy, I wanted to work with athletes. Mm. And then I realized like the science side of it and, and that whole, that whole medical aspect of it wasn't what attracted me. It was more working with the people. Yeah. So television interviews and there's nothing, but I mean, like If you go into news, you're talking about, like, awful things happening all the time. When you work in sports, someone wins, someone loses. Someone gets hurt, they have a comeback. Someone is being, like, revered for being incredibly great. That's all you talk about, right? And you have a lot of losses in sports. Like, someone always wins, someone always loses. And even a draw can be depressing, right? And so I just saw, like, it's so black and white, right? Like, there's a win, there's a loss. And then, like, you talk about the special moments that got them there. And I really like the aspect of that. And the conversations that you have with athletes, this is what they do day in and day out. And that's what, like, became, when we became friends, knowing that you're an athlete, like, I was like, I understand how your brain works a bit, mm-hmm. right? Like, because I had been yeah. around them for so long. And it was cool because um, finding your path to a job that was able to, like, keep me in that arena was really important to me. Yeah, it's, uh, this is a little bit off script and I'm thinking because I always wanted to work in sports mm-hmm. and that was my goal too coming out of college and then going into my first job and then going to grad school for sports management. Yeah. I feel like being an athlete growing up, I wonder if a lot of the people that you worked with had been athletes themselves growing up as well. Yeah. Like the people on the production side, were they mostly athletes or were they more just there's all different sides yeah. of sports too to work in. Yeah. So yes and no. So I think it's like totally split. Yeah. You've got your super technical people, right? Like a lot mm-hmm. of the camera guys, a lot of the audio guys never played sports, but just always were tinkering in like electronics and like learning in that <laughs> yeah. way. Some of these guys is so funny. Like they'd be, they're standing on the sideline at Fenway park and they're like, I don't even like baseball. Right. Mm-hmm. And then other guys are like, this is everything to me. Like I'm just watching. So, um, Mike and Russ were the director and producer at the time. And if they're watching this, they are literally the greatest people. Like they gave me so many opportunities. I will send this to them. Yes, I will. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, they gave me great opportunities and they both were athletes when they were younger. And so they were more on like the directing produ- production side. And then a lot of the technical, um, guys and girls, um, were never, always in sports but you know so it's it's true I think I think you then see especially in you know the on on air talent a lot of Mm -hmm. the color analysts and um and uh, sideline reporters were athletes you know and became famous in that way and now that face is now being used by networks and and whatnot so because you understand it a little bit too yeah yeah I mean that's why you do the commenting yeah that you do yeah because you understand the sport better than if you've played the sport you understand it better than anybody so yeah Yeah, it's easy to analyze I mean Mm. (laughs) is it you, I was just going to say, is it though? You say that. I mean, yeah, but, you're talking after the fact, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, 
I yeah. can do that. You got to have some knowledge, but the hardest you know, is play by play. Play by play. Talking oh. and talking and talking. Like I've worked with so many incredible play by play, like Jack Edwards from the Bruins. There's nobody like him in the game, right? And like, and Bob Costas, I've worked with him yeah. too. And like, they just know so much stuff. Yeah. They'll be like, 17 years ago on this yeah. day, this player. And you're like, <laughs> well, that, that, that yeah. part of it is wild. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, you, I can't retain information no. like that. No. I mean, we, we'd have like sheets and sheets of notes in front yeah. of us. And yeah. you can't even look through it all. But yeah. if you wanted to get some facts, you can yeah. go through it. Yeah, you and can find it. And you have your you have your facts in your ear, too. There's yeah. always yeah. this guy True. with like a computer like saying like. But then you need to be able to hear. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's multitasking at its finest. Like yeah. when I was doing silent reporting, I'd have someone in my ear and I'd have the athlete in front of me and I'd have like the delay coming into like the stadium on the jumbo truck. Like it was a lot going on. It's like spin so. class. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. That I can do. Mm-hmm. Full circle. <laughs> you could do it, Liz. All yeah. right. So after Nesson, you moved to Florida. Yeah. So I was like 24 and um, I had picked up another job that was going to pay my bills better at a um, uh website design firm here in Boston, Metropolis, who actually Mm -hmm. did our website. Oh, yeah. Mike is awesome. Um, And so I was working for them, and I was, like, hustling to get over to Fenway, and I had finished working at Cox at that point. And I was in a relationship that I, like, didn't really see going anywhere anymore, and I was like, I just got to, like, change. And so I was interviewing um, for jobs down in the Florida area just because my uncle had a condo down there, and he's like, hey, if you want to stay there, you can stay there. So um, I was working – on finding something down there and just kind of making this like big, bold move. Yeah. And at 24, I was like, I've got nothing keeping me here. Literally nothing. This job is great, but like, I just want to go. And so I took a leap of faith and I moved to Florida without any job solid. Like I just was kind of like hoping that this one thing would pan out. Um, and so there was a network down there and that did pan out for a bit. And then there was, um, there was bartending and hostessing at restaurants mm-hmm. because I had bartended in college and that yep. was a skill that you never really lose and it's <laughs> very lucrative. Um, and then I was just in a gym and I had done some personal training and group fitness in college and I just went back into this you know gym setting and started training people um, and teaching spin classes and just like, I think if you ask Matt, who I met down in um, Florida at that Your time. Husband. Yeah, sorry, my yeah. husband, Matt. Um, if you ask him, like, did I have any free time when I lived down there? No, I worked like seven jobs. <laughs> He'd be like, when do you want to hang out? And I would be like, um, at like 2 a.m. Yeah. I'll see you. Um, cause I'd start training at 5 a.m. and I'd work all the way through like midnight and it was, it was crazy. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. I kind of always wow. had like 900 things happening yeah. at the same Miami, time. I mean, this is a loaded question, but I feel like Miami fitness back then is probably different than it is now. Yeah. This was about 10 years ago. Yeah. It was. Yeah, because I'm to age I'm, you. I'm 34 but. now. All right, 34. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I started in Naples, and then I moved over to Miami, mm. and I was working with Equinox and um, Bouge Bouge, like. Smells like eucalyptus up in that gym yeah. all the time. It's like unbelievable. Kiehl's products in the bathrooms. And I really, I, I, I loved my time at Equinox because I was in the Equinox Fitness Training Institute. So you're getting trained as a personal trainer 24-7. You're taking tests. You're just learning. That's where I learned the bulk of being a trainer. That's cool. um, and the spin classes. So I was the only trainer in my group that was group fitness and personal training. Typically, it was two different groups of people. But I was like, I just want to do both. And so Jeff, the... Um, group fitness director and um audrey at the time the um the director of the personal trainers they were like you can you can do that if you think you can do that and it was great because my clients would come to my classes and vice Mm -hmm. versa and it was awesome um but miami at the time i was living on south beach it was crazy like 
can't even tell you like I got mugged at a gas station I was in the clubs like it was like all the good and all the bad of Miami yeah. so hardcore um and uh I'd be getting up at four in the morning to go train people and everyone's still out partying like it was nuts but um at the time a lot of the spin instructors were also like DJs in the clubs and so they would bring wow. this like music in that was just like nuts like it like the whole thing and there's so much of a Latin influence down there mm-hmm. and so all, all of those like Latin beats and stuff like you can't not want to dance to that so spin classes down there group fitness classes like it was just I was so inspired by yeah. everyone I was meeting down there and it was it was a fun time and I'm glad it lasted as short of a time as yeah. it did <laughs> so <laughs> talk to us about your decision to move back yeah so I um you go through like you know coming of age when you in my life at, from 24 to 25 felt like 10 years. Right. Yeah. And, um, I was trying to find myself in these different industries and TV just wasn't really working for me down there. I wasn't really finding, like, I also don't think that I was putting the effort into it that I expected of myself because fitness really started to take over my passion at the time. And, but I kept telling everybody like, don't worry, I'm going to be working in TV like real soon, real soon. And it was like, that's what I went to college for. So I felt this expectation yeah of myself yeah but like like on the low key I was like no I'll take that class like let me do this let me do that (laughs) right and so um I started to kind of hit a wall there personally and um South Beach is hard and takes a lot out of you and the people down there um other than you know my husband Matt who I'd met my friend Audrey and a couple other people that I met they just I wasn't able to connect and I didn't feel safe Mm, not like dangerous wise, but I just didn't feel safe there. Like I did in new England with like family and and friends. And so, um, I made the decision, uh, one day to, um, to leave and come back up. And I had called my boss at the Bruins and I was like, Hey, what's up? It's almost hockey season. And he's like, we haven't replaced you. You want to come back? Your job's here. And I was like, let's do it. And so I came back up. My brother flew down and drove the 28 hours with me. My brother, Patrick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we did it in two days. We made one stop in DC, uh, to visit a friend of mine and then, um, came back up and I was terrified. I was like, what did, what was all that for? Like, Mm. what did I just spend, you know, a year and a half of my life doing and kind of coming back home with nothing to show for it. So I thought at the time, right. Um, and so, yeah, but I think I made the right decision again, like the tide of life was just kind of like pulling me to come back up. And now I'm super thankful for the time that I had down there because I have so much experience and knowledge from that trip. Trip you met Matt? I did. I met Matt, which was very, he's my, he's my trinket from Florida. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you made it back to Boston. Yeah. And then you left again. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. We're going to take a break. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We got to hear from our sponsors. Be right back. Are you ready for the next level? Your greatest potential awaits you with Revved. Revved offers high energy workouts challenging both your body and mind. Visit Revved in the greater Boston area or online from anywhere. Check them out today at revedindoorcycling.com. All right, welcome back. We're getting into Megan St. Mark and learning more about her and her journey to, uh, in life, basically. Life, yeah. a little bit of everything. Uh, so we got to, you came back to Boston, you left again, right? We're going to yeah. get there. You went to New York City. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we get there, we got a game. We okay. got a game, all right? What? A little break in the action. Oh, greatness or fakeness. Greatness right. or fakeness. Greatness or fakeness. So the way Uh-oh. it works, the way it works. So Alyssa's going to take over. She's going to name something. Greatness is awesome. You love it. Um, thumbs up. 
uh, fakeness not so much. All right, it's okay. that simple. Simple. Don't overthink it. it. Okay. Right. <laughs> you just got so serious. Don't. Yeah. Overthink it. Yeah. People overthink it yeah. sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, All right. I'm just going to go like what comes off the tongue. Rust perfect. days. Greatness. Would you like you, to? You can't elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, yeah. We're, we're not saying don't say like, anything about it. Greatness. <laughs> you said rest days, right? I, I did. Okay. Um. Yeah. You need them. We didn't always believe in those. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> we and we don't always believe in those, or we don't always act. No, on we those. always believe. No, we believe in them. We don't always take. We don't always take them. Um, rest days have have taught me a lot. Um, I've taken many rest days recently since I just had a baby. But um, in the middle of like actually teaching and and working out and everything, rest days are how you recover. And recovery yeah. has become very key in my life because it's the only way to perform greatness. Okay, greatness. Bottomless brunch greatness yeah is that food or beverage no it's not wearing oh, both? pants they have both. <laughs> <laughs> all right open to your interpretation i don't wear pants at brunch and that is great well they have in new york city they have the uh what is it on the train or something um the bottomless day it's oh pantsless yeah. yeah pants yeah, yeah 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 i i never rode the t i've no never heard of that before yeah. yeah it's like it's like don't wear your pants day and everyone wears on the t- on, on the, the subway on the subway. T. yeah oh they do in boston too? yeah they do in boston oh, yeah. too yeah and they don't you don't they wear used pants. to do it mm-hmm. yeah do you ever do it no no you do the bottomless brunch though i've, br- I've brunched with no. you before <laughs> yeah well bottomless yeah, okay. means like the the drinks Never flow ending. correct the it usually flow. it usually bottomless yeah usually means drinks yeah yeah okay because um, may- that would be what's the word but now that like you say buffet. it I have been yeah. yeah I have been to a buffet so I guess technically that's Denny's <laughs> yeah nah it's oh place Denny's I remember so the place good. in Burlington the place in Burlington right across the street from the Tavern in the Square they yeah. have yeah. Yes. bottomless that was serious I only hit that dessert table uh, though that oh, dessert so table good. Mm. I wonder if they still do that are they open yeah we should uh, I'll, I'll drive by on the way home <laughs> <laughs> let's show up yeah no, no pants. Pants. this is bottomless brunch right thank yeah. you thank you <laughs> all right moving on true crime shows I'm like stuttering it's so great <laughs> favorite yeah. one um shows or like podcasts because i'm more into podcasts right now i don't really have time to so i listen to my favorite murder mm. all the murderinos out there listening great one i'm your sister um and i also <laughs> <laughs> i also listen to oh, um to uh the murder squad which is oh, i've paul, heard of that paul holes is one of the hosts of it and he's one of the detectives that solved the golden state killer case oh, recently yeah okay. i'm a big fangirl of his you can also catch him on america's most wanted he's super handsome Blue eyes and blonde hair. Okay. Yep. Next up, mommy and me classes. <laughs> Fakeness. <laughs> if you can get your kids to behave themselves, <laughs> to make it to a mommy and me class, then you are greatness. Okay. And I have failed at that many times. Um, I didn't come up with this one, which is funny. I, I just, I'm not sure what a mommy and me class is. Um, I tried to bring Kai to a mommy and me yoga class when he was okay. one and the lady on the phone was like, Oh, we have all ages here. Everyone loves the yoga with their mom. <laughs> Do you think Malachi sat through a yoga class with me? No. So, so it's, so it's you have fitness. To leave? Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh yeah. I left. I was oh, like, yeah. we got to go to McDonald's. Like we, uh, we got to get out of here. So it's it like was, you do something with your mother. Yeah. So okay. there's mommy and me like music classes, yeah. which is like, let's just bang on pots at home. Like for sure. free. I don't know. Maybe I'm being like really jaded, but no, I just, I'm wondering. Is that my vibe? Is cause a music class, would that be different than a mommy and me music class? Well, a mommy and me music class would be you with your child playing music with okay. other. Well, the, I think the issue is 
Malachi for well, I have two kids, but Malachi is the one I've had for longer, so yeah. I have more experiences <laughs> with him. Mia doesn't leave the house yet, but um, every t- so he's social like me. Mm-hmm. And so if we're in a room with a bunch of other people and a bunch of, do you think like, we're right. both like, what are you doing over there? Oh, okay. Like he's in everybody's business. Right. There's, yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no, um, uh, like focusing on mommy at that moment, I guess is uh, like, so it becomes Malachi and them instead of like mommy and me. I mean, I'm yeah. now, I'm now clear. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Fake CBD news. gummies. <laughs> um, I gummies in particular gummies. I think greatness. Um, I has I haven't done a CBD gummy. Okay, I've done other kinds what of gummies. Kind? THC, like with oh. like like weed gummies. Oh, um, I was thinking that's the same thing. Yeah, no, so no. CBD, oh, that's why I said gummies. <laughs> uh, C- CBD gummies. Doesn't, yeah. CBD doesn't have like the like the high fat like okay. the THC in it. Did you just mean okay. gummies in general? No edibles. Edibles. So edibles. So not CBD gummies. gummies. Okay. Yeah. You okay, just mean edibles. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edibles okay. are yeah. Great, are greatness. I'm learning. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like because yeah. I, I, CBD yeah. doesn't really. I'm sure there are gummy forms. CBD is takes the you're TCH right, right. Out. out. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and it's more of just like a, a like a body relaxer Calm. and like yes. a pain reducer. No, but um, edibles before I haven't really been able to have them because I've been pregnant for a while and then breastfeeding, but. Yep. Um, I never really liked, well, okay. So I've smoked weed. Oh my God. (laughs) 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 And so I didn't like, I didn't didn't like smoking in my, I felt like my lungs, like it was just like a sad day for them. And it's also like totally like, (laughs) it's totally like, you know, hypocritical to the like fitness and wellness lifestyle that I lead. Like, why would I smoke something? So being a person who struggles with anxiety, I don't want to just have a glass of wine every time I want to cut the edge off of like feeling nervous about things. And I was trying to figure out a holistic and safe and natural way to do that. And I found edibles and they were really, they helped, they helped in moments that I needed them to help. Thank you. You're welcome. That. Wow. Yeah. That <laughs> I was cannot great. run for president. Anyway. That was greatness. <laughs> have you said fakeness to any of these? Yeah. I said yeah. fakeness to mommy and me. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Ford focuses. Oh, Nostalgia. <laughs> I say greatness. You could hear me coming in it though from far away. That engine was yeah. loud. Yeah. Megan used to have a little silver Ford, Ford Focus. Focus. Yep. That was like really on its last leg. I mean, it didn't have legs. It was yeah. just like yeah. sliding along. Yeah. <laughs> it was, but she she got. I bought that car when the day before I drove down to Florida and went through that whole life change. She lived with me on the beach. She lived with me in Boston. She got towed a hundred times in Southie. She made it to New York City and Mm. then she's now she's been passed on to the junkyard. Speaking Mm. of does she have a name? Um Stacy actually. Yeah, which is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Stacy So you and Stacy headed to NYC. Yeah, Stacy and I packed up. We headed to NYC. She went back home quickly because you don't need a car in New York. Um but yeah we went to we went to New York. Um, and I was actually living in Hoboken, Okay. but I took a job. I, I took like a personal, like, get your shit together, Megan moment. And I was like, get a real job with benefits. You're going to be 27. You can't live on your parents' insurance forever. Um, and, uh, I took a real job at a software company doing sales and I was like, you know what? I'll like learn a lot in sales. Like sales will be something that always, everyone says you learn so much in sales. Like sales is like transferable to every job. Right. So I took a job in sales at a company that had a branch in um, Jersey city, right Mm. across the bridge from New York. 
So I moved to Hoboken, which was amazing. And that's where I met my roommate, Mallory. Um, Wait, how'd y'all meet? We met on Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah. Yeah, we met on Craigslist. And um, I met her at a restaurant one night, and she was there with her boyfriend at the time, Darius. And I'm like, look at this guy. I'm like, I know this guy. Like, how? Like, he's so familiar to me. It turns out he was on the New England Revolution. Mm-hmm. And I was covering their games when I was working in Boston. And so I recognized him. Um, and she was like, how do you know my man? And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> and I was like, don't worry about it. And, um, and so we moved in together. And she's become one of my closest friends. And Darius has become a really close friend. And that's actually, you heard it now, how I met Clyde Sim. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they would come and play. And we Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah. Craigslist. <laughs> I met you on Craigslist. Uh. I got you for free. Um, so, yeah, so we moved to New York and I was working my butt off. I was traveling Monday through Thursday every single week to the Midwest to sell some software that I didn't give two shits about. And yeah. I was like going crazy in New York, having fun, um, still teaching some spin, working in the gyms, very part time, and realized that I absolutely 100% hated my job, like beyond loathing of my job um and I was like um, am I learning anything I don't even know but every time I'd step into the gym I was back where I wanted to be so yeah all right and so Revd brought you back yeah or the idea of Revd yeah brought you back yeah tell us about that you called me um and told me that we should open a spin studio together <laughs> right it was yeah, Clyde. Yeah. Clyde called you well Clyde well so we so long story short, I would come up to Boston and we would go to spin classes together and yoga classes yeah. and like kind of just talk well, b- about. But before that, yeah. the way we met was, um, so like she just mentioned, uh, her roommate Mallory, yep. her longtime boyfriend Darius was one of my teammates. Yep. And we were on the way back from Columbus, uh, a way, a way trip. And we landed on Sunday, like mid morning. Mm-hmm. And Darius is like, you know, my girlfriend's coming up. She's bringing some friends and, um, we're celebrating her birthday. So we show up to a rooftop at, um, Legal's, Legal's. Rooftop. Yeah. That's where you that's guys where met. Yeah. yeah. I love that place. Oh, that's where we had a party too. For the, uh, yeah, yeah. that's really full circle. So we so we show up and um it's like th- three of us. Yeah. And then Mallory brought up uh Megan and her other friend uh, Amanda. Yeah, Amanda Trent. Trent, Trent, Trent. And um when we sat at the table, Megan and I ended up sitting across from each other. Oh, and so wow. by default, uh we just had a conversation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Megan yeah. wore these big glasses the whole time. <laughs> Sunglasses? Yeah, sunglasses. <laughs> I did? Yeah. It's and bright. she's had this it's, big... It's bright up there. This man. big, uh, you know, she's Megan, right? Yeah. And so, but anyways, <laughs> we talked about fitness. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so um, she'd come up um, every now and then with Mallory because Mallory was up like every other weekend, I feel yeah. like, to to hang out with Darius. And then we would go to some spin classes and stuff like that. And um, yeah, we just kept talking about fitness. I was coming at the end of my um, soccer career. Mm-hmm. And then... I was going to play one more year in California and decided not to do it. Uh, it just wasn't worth it. And I had like maybe one more year left in me, uh, you know, legs wise and to be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, yeah, I just, I couldn't stop thinking one of the classes we went to, um, I just loved it. Um, and couldn't stop thinking about it and knew I wanted to do fitness. I knew Megan was super passionate about it. I knew that she was looking for a reason to come back to Boston. Cause mm-hmm. uh, at the time Matt was coming back, going to come back here and and go to Northeastern. Yeah. Her now husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it didn't, the one thing I love about Megan, she's such a free spirit. <laughs> yes. It didn't take much convincing. No, okay. not really. No, I was like, yeah, let's, <laughs> not really. let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I and had to, no, 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 no
my family and friends that I was like quitting my like <laughs> software sales job and some dude <laughs> named Clyde was and like, Clyde. let's start a spin studio. And everyone was like, what? I'm Kate DeVore, my best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, Kate, you yep. love Kate. Yeah. She was like, you are crazy. And I was like, <laughs> she was like, it's not going to work. Nothing's going to happen. But Kate has been at every studio opening yeah. of yeah, ours. She's great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But She's that is, nuts. it is crazy. It is nuts, actually. Is. Yeah. Everyone thought we were crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and well, now, we were. Well, now we looking back, I, we, we definitely were. Yeah, we, we didn't still know are, we though. Were. We didn't know well, anything. You need to be crazy to, to be entrepreneurs, I would argue. You do. You have to be nuts. You do. Yeah. yeah. You do. But to do it with somebody <laughs> that you don't, I mean, we, we, were we knew each yeah. other, but we yeah. didn't really know each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thinking back. It could have been really, yeah. really wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, really I mean, but yeah. when you make when you take a risk like that, like you, uh, you think, what's the worst that could happen? Like we just don't have our business and we go get jobs. Mm-hmm. Like we both were right. like, I think pretty hireable at the time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you had a you had a great career and a college degree, and I had a you know college degree and some work experience. Like would have been okay. Would have mm-hmm. been a yeah. bummer. But we'd have been like, dab it up and like move on, yeah, you know. Yeah. But then we got to know each other better because of the things that we went through very early on yeah. in mm-hmm. the business. Yeah, and now yeah. it's like we're family. And then uh, now, yeah, and now we're, we're super close. But mm-hmm. even back then, so, there was a lot of positives, I think, of not knowing each other that well. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. Yeah. yeah That's so. actually probably very true because a lot of people would start a company with somebody, a close friend, mm-hmm. yeah. closer than you guys were. Or a spouse or something yes. like that. Yeah. Yes. yes. And I can imagine there would be a lot that would get in the way yeah Yeah. do you remember those first days i mean i'm sure you guys will never forget but let's (laughs) let's just talk a little bit about the first days of planning of rev i know this is about megan but i think people would be interested that's my life (laughs) a little bit more about like from the time that called clyde called you and said yeah okay let's open a spin studio yeah so i went to work on the business plan Mm -hmm. and i was like dear google how do I write a business plan? <laughs> and Google wrote back to me and they said, here's how you do it. And so I was working um, in Jersey City and there was a Starbucks downstairs from my office. And so I would spend all day in my office, like cold calling customers. Mm. And I was actually just writing the business plan. And then I would go downstairs and like write it in the Starbucks and just kind of call Clyde and be like, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And he'd always be like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, um, so the business plan started coming to fruition and my boss at the time, my manager, Matt, called me into a meeting and he was like, we have to have a review on like your performance. And I was like, that's really convenient because I'm actually quitting <laughs> and, wow. and I'm starting a business in Boston. Um, and he was like, that's great because we were going to put you on a performance review because things are not going well here huh. for you. And oh. I was like, well, that's because I haven't been working yeah. for you. I've been working on our project. So, um, so yeah, so I quit my job in uh, March of twenty. Mm-hmm. 24- 14, 14. Yeah. and moved up to Boston and was living in your living room. <laughs> no, you had your own room. Oh yeah. The, yeah Bilal yeah. had moved out by yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, Clyde's roommate Bilal left and um, left his dog too. Yeah. Remember we had Otis left for a bit. Dog. Sweet baby Otis. He made it back. He oh, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He used to cry a lot though. <laughs> a lot of crying. Um, so I moved into the apartment in behind Legacy Place mm-hmm. um, with Clyde and we were like, well, I think at that point we had already found our first location though. Mm-hmm. I think before I moved, we had signed a lease mm-hmm. and um, we just were like, okay, so what do we need? We need a location and we need a contractor and we need this mm-hmm. and we need that. And um, we just kind of like just 
thought we were checking boxes and making it up as we went along really is what it was. But, um, I, to make money had to start bartending again and teaching spin in the city. So I would jump on the train from, um, dead at corp, Dedham corporate, go into the city. I didn't have a car. Stacy didn't come with me. Yeah. The car was like, that was a, a non, like a, wasn't a thing at the time. So I was taking the train in, I was borrowing Clyde's car. Like it was like real, like, you know, hustle grind time. It was fun though. It was fun. Yeah. We, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just like one thing at a time. Yeah. Uh, we figured it out as we went. Yeah, and yeah. our first location was actually location like 2.0 mm -hmm. because we signed a lease on a space that um, would have only given us room for like 10 bikes based mm. on like the parking allowance. Mm -hmm. In Dedham? So in Dedham, yeah. Mm, wow. Um, <clears throat> right next to where we are now. And uh, so we had to like break that lease because we were like, we can't make money on 10 bikes in a room. That's just not a spin studio. Um, so then we, I remember that night we went, we were at the Dedham Town Hall and um, everybody down there was just like, they didn't understand what we were trying to do. And you're trying to elevator pitch what a spin class is to like a bunch of, you know, guys and girls at a table that are just like, we don't know what spin is. And right. so you're trying to prove yourself constantly getting up in front of people that are judging you. And, you know, back to what we were talking about before, like you can't care what they think. You just have to like constantly gun it for what you want right yeah and so we left that night realizing that that lease wasn't going to work and we were going to have to break that lease and we drove by um legacy place to get back to our apartment and we saw the sign in the window for the space that we're currently in mm -hmm. now in Dedham at 81 legacy and i'm like you know like i was like we should call we should call i'm gonna mm -hmm. call i'm gonna call that number in the window because it's for lease and so we called and I think we went to the yard house. Yep, so I think it was did. time to like have a drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we're sitting there and I think, did he call you he back that night? Next morning. Next morning he called yeah. you. <clears throat> and within <laughs> 24 hours, <laughs> yeah. within 24 hours we were standing in a space signing a lease and like, wow. signing a ghost. yeah. So it worked out. I don't out. even think we read that contract. <clears throat> no, I, yeah. I didn't read that one. But, uh, I, I tried to read them all, but I didn't read that one. Yeah. Yeah. And worked out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it worked it out wild. really nicely. Um, so yeah. So then we just wow. started like getting to work on that location and, um, it was, it was wild because, um, I think at that time that's when your health started to shift mm -hmm. a bit too. Yep. Yep. You, is that okay if we talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. But <clears throat> this is about Megan. No, I know, but yeah. like, yeah, but, but it's part <laughs> of it. Yeah. No, but, but yeah. Yeah. Um, that's when I had to start dialysis. Yeah. I think I, I just started right before we opened in August. Yeah. August. Yeah. So it was a lot of, uh, yeah, it was a stressful time. Yeah. Because it was. when you were in the hospital, if we back it up a little bit, mm -hmm. you were at MGH and I was bartending right up the street on Beacon Hill. And, uh, I was just thinking to myself, like my friends in the hospital were supposed to be starting this business together. Yeah. And I'm like, what does this look like? Right. Yeah. But Clyde always kept it real positive. Like even That's on the surprising. hardest days in there, I'd come in and like try to keep it light. Like <laughs> I'd, I'd walk in and be like, are you done being dramatic yet? Can we, can we go, can we leave now? Oh, yeah. Um, and I just, it, but I never questioned it. Cause I yeah. knew that we were trying to do something special and overcoming your health obstacle and the obstacles of just like making enough money to pay our rent. And like, I just knew this was going to be something really cool. Yeah. I just knew yeah. it. You yeah. Know? And like, no. And that's when people stopped doubting us. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that people started to say, no, no, you've got to, you've got to do this. I remember talking to your dad once and I was like, you know, just having a nice conversation with him about what we were trying to do. And he's, and I was like, yeah, if it happens. And he was like, you crazy. Like it's happening. And I was like, okay, Clyde Sims, you got it. And, uh, yeah. So you overcome those obstacles and thankfully Clyde's health improved and then started on dialysis. And I mean, 
like we would be working in the studio. I was like, you know, setting up the computer and mind body at the time and everything. And Clyde be rolling in from like four hours of dialysis, like mm-hmm. ready to go. It was like impressive. Like the, you know, the way that he would show up like that. And, um, so it, it made me realize like I had to consistently show up too, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, how many studios do you have now? We got seven right now. Do you know that? We got we had six pre-COVID. Wow. Technically, yeah. <laughs> Technically, yeah. We have six permanent locations and a seventh, um, a seventh pop-up. Yeah. So, come a long way. Y'all are my <laughs> idols. Thank you. <laughs> All right, real quick. Yeah. Um, best memory. Oh, of my life of, or of, of starting rad. Best memory of starting rad. Oh gosh, there's so many to pick from. I think there's something. You know what? Grayson's gender reveal. Oh yeah. That, oh, and that I know was, cool. I know it wasn't my baby, but I cool. feel like he's one of yeah, my children. Yeah. yeah and is. I I came in so I wasn't in the class. Um Clyde and Britt had this class and at the end we were going to turn the lights on to like blue or pink and the whole room was going to know what the baby's gender was and I had your family on FaceTime. Yeah, yeah. And I was like <laughs> that's why it was special to me though because what we do is spin, right? We have classes and people exercise and feel better about themselves and get healthy. But what we created is a community and a family. And even though your family's in like North Carolina and Washington, D.C., they were there in the room with us that yeah. day. And that was because I said, yes, I let's call it like, you know, we need them to be here for this, right? Yeah. Because this is a moment for Rev and for the family, but also like where your literal family is growing, right? Very and so true. that to me, like I have goosebumps thinking about it. It was so special. I've never seen that room so sweaty either. Oh, that room yeah. was like nervous energy, nervous sweat in that room. Oh, yeah. like, my heart's like pounding. No, it was it was unbelievable. That. And I'm like, you know, it was really special. So I think that's what, that's probably top for me. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah. So we could talk about Rev for hours. Yeah. And we should probably do an episode just some more like what it was like <laughs> yeah. to start Revved yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. But let's get let's get back to you. Oh boy. So what are you currently focused on? I'm focusing on um a personal shift, really. Like I um so I just had my daughter two months ago, just like over two months ago. And so now I'm a mom of two kids. Um, but I have a passion and a drive to be at work. Mm. And so I'm trying to navigate what that looks like and what, what my roles are. And when I'm somewhere, I'm, I'm in one mindset. And when I'm another place, I'm another mindset. And anyone that has children knows that when you first have a kid, your brain is on them 24 seven, no matter where you are, like you could be, I could be talking to you, but I'm thinking about them. And then slowly for me over time, I'm able to not mute that, but have that there, but have it take up just a little bit less of my brain. It's still there. It's still so important to me. I'm not talking about priorities. I'm talking about in the moment where my focus can be. And so the other day I taught a class and for the first time I wasn't like, what's Mia doing right now? You know what I mean? Like I was actually able to focus on my (laughs) class and that's biology. Like, and so I'm kind of like, I'm navigating how I can be present where I am. Mm -hmm. And I've always had a hard time being present where I am because I have my brain is always going so like many different places and we, we multitask so much as parents, as entrepreneurs, as friends, as family members. Um, and so right now my focus is how can I be the best I can be at my house and be there for my kids and my husband? Cause like, I mean, I have an incredible husband who's been so supportive throughout the years of like what I always want to do is always crazy, you know? And then how can I be like the best like leader and partner and, and, and boss and coworker. Yeah. Um, and so, it's so broad to say that's what I'm working on, but I'm like, 
I'm here right now. Yeah. I'm focused on the two of you and I'm proud of that, you know, and then I'm going to leave here and get in the car and drive to my parents' house with my kids and I'll be focused on them, you know, and it's like. That's not broad. That's what a lot of working parents have to focus on and even more so just where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to put your focus? How do you figure out where to put your focus at which time too, which is important. And I've watched you grow a lot over the last years that I've known you Mm. in all of those. I mean, when I met you, you had a boyfriend (laughs) who turned into a fiance, a husband, and now you have two kids with him. So I've seen you evolve over time. Yeah. My trophy husband. (laughs) Yeah. We love Matt. (laughs) Matt for president. (laughs) Seriously. Vote early, vote often. What have been the most helpful resources along the way? Uh, Gosh, Matt. Yeah. Seriously. Um, my husband's been in the military for 15 plus years now and he, I know, right. Thank you for your service. That's incredible. Um, and he has, he's actually at a leadership training right now and the military is incredible. Obviously it's all about leadership and mission accomplishing. And, and that's pretty much where my civilian brain, you know, understands it to be. And so when, um, when I'm struggling to decide how to react to something or act on something, or, um, he's my sounding board, but he also isn't just going to be like, you'll figure it out. He'll be like, this is how I would handle this situation. Mm -hmm. And in the military, this is how we do it. And his mind is so clear and focused on like the mission at hand. Yeah. And so I have learned to adjust my like decision making to like what where is the mission being accomplished? And a lot of times I'll talk about those quadrants of like, you know, financially successful for the business and mission fulfilling, just mission fulfilling and not financially successful, neither or just, you know, financial. And so he's what brought me to those that decision making like process. Oh wow. Um and so um yeah. So he's a super influence on me, um, in so many great ways. And also he's like a stellar parent. Like yeah. he's raised kids, like, you know, his nieces and nephews before I ever met him. And so when I had a kid with him, I was like, how do we do this? And he was like, here's what you do. <laughs> I was like, what, they're coming home with me now. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, and so he's, um, he really lights the way for being a parent. He's an incredible dad. And, uh, and so, and partner. Um, and then also like Clyde, I'm not just saying this cause you're sitting here and, you know, looking so nice and all, but uh, you've influenced me in so many ways of just like overcoming obstacles and just staying on the path and knowing that it's going to work out. Like how many times have you said, yeah, 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 I hear you, but it's going to work out. Right. <laughs> like how many times everyone in this room, Jesse just started laughing. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, and just, you know, the reinvention of the idea, right. Like thinking about, we have something that we want to accomplish and, you see it from a different perspective than I do every single time, a hundred percent of the time. We're very different in the way mm-hmm. that our brains work, but you explain it to me and you show me the value in it. And even though it's something that I might not think is right at the time, if we decide to go for it, you follow through with it. Mm-hmm. You never half-ass it. And that's really cool. And so I value that. And I just also value like your, you know, just your demeanor about it all. Like we go through really hard times as business owners, especially in this last like two years for us really yeah, because yeah. pre COVID was challenging for yeah. us too. COVID was just like another like punch in the face. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> and so those nights that I would call you and be like, I just failed again. I can't get I, we're, like, we're not getting what we need right now. You would always tell me it was okay. You know? And if you didn't say that, I don't think we would be here today mm-hmm. because it takes the two of us 
to inspire our team to keep going. And when one of us is not able to do that, it throws the balance off. Right. And, um, and so I value that because it's been hard. It's been really, really, really hard. And so thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And, um, yeah, same, you know, same to you, same to you. I mean, yeah. We couldn't have done it uh, alone. No. I'll tell people all the time. Yeah. But that's why yeah. you two compliment each other so well. And I'll just step in here for a moment. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the way that you guys work together and we as a team talk about this all the time is we just want to make you guys proud because oh, you work you. together so well. And you're right. Clyde has his positive attitude. He has these visions that I don't understand where they come from, but Hey, should we start a podcast? Sure. Here we are talking to Megan on it, you know, and, and yeah. it's done in the best way because we have the best team possible. And then it's Megan like, well, how do we how do we do that the practical way? Right. And you both have such good ideas and different capacities, but they you couldn't have one Megan and you couldn't have one Clyde or just wouldn't be yeah. what it is. And then you've also valued building a team around yourselves yeah. and you're in the trenches with us every single day. And that's why we work so hard is because you guys are right there with us every step of the way. So Thank we just you. want to make you. Oh, we're proud. proud. We're proud. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say and we're proud. Yeah. <laughs> and t- time has been great too. Cause there's yeah. times where one of us is down, yes. Yes. down for the count. And yeah. the other one is able to step up and vice yeah. versa. So it's true. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like I think about this past year and like, I mean, I'll open up about it. I've been struggling with like severe depression. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been hard. And, um, I had to really kind of being pregnant at the same time and COVID and everything just, it, it weighed on me to a point where I had to do something about it. Yeah. And without saying, Hey, like I'm, you know, handicapped at this moment, Clyde just naturally took a step up yeah. and allowed me to deal with that and, and being pregnant and, and growing my family and dealing with where my brain was. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's so important to have our partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So important. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say that this last year has been the toughest time of your life? Or you had mentioned a couple minutes ago, just about how tough the last couple of years have been. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I would, I would say, yes, I would say I've never been challenged like this and the stakes haven't ever been this high. Mm-hmm. And um, cause pre COVID we were doubling our business in size and we, we might make it look really easy, but behind the scenes, the work is really, really challenging and showing up every single day with a smile on your face becomes the hardest thing mm-hmm. when you know that everything is like kind of on the line. Mm-hmm. And um, Clyde and I had um, to raise a lot of money in a very short amount of time to accomplish what we were trying to do. And, uh, in about six weeks time, we hit that goal, but those six weeks were some of the hardest that, um, that we've been through. And then personally, I experienced a miscarriage at the same time. Um, and I, I blamed myself for that for a long time because of the stress that we were under. And, um, it's, it's not even difficult to talk about it because I think it needs to be spoken about. I yeah, think that more yeah. women need to talk about that kind of loss. And, um, luckily I was, you know, healthy afterwards and, and didn't have too many like long-term effects, but I didn't, I didn't mentally deal with it mm. because we were so busy at work. Um, and then, um, once we accomplished our financial, you know, goal and we got the studios open eight days later, COVID hit and we had to close it down. So it was just like, well, hit me while I'm down, right? Like, here we go. And so then it became a new set of challenges. Um, but I will say those, those probably like two, three months before COVID, I think for me were harder than COVID was. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And another thing about you as a as a leader is that you did your very best not to let anybody else know what yeah. was going on. I mean, yeah, that's, that's just you. 
That's I, just you. Thank you. I wear my heart on my sleeve a lot, though, so sometimes it's hard to fake the funk. But yeah, but I that's think okay. I that's also you just that. you're compassionate. You understand, and that's why you're surrounded by people that look up to you because you have so much to offer. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that um, personal information with yeah. us. Because, yeah, like absolutely. you said, I think that there's just there's a lot about being a woman that is very challenging and mm -hmm. I think people don't talk about it enough. So yeah. Well, thank, thank you. you for giving me the space to share it. I, I, I like I said, I, I just don't think that it's something that should be, you know, swept under the rug because yeah. I did that to myself. And I think that's what led to more of like a emotional struggle later sure. on during COVID because mm -hmm. I ignored the ramifications because I just was like, nope, like got to keep going. Just a bump yeah. on the road, yes. but it wasn't a bump yeah. on the road, you know? And the, yeah. The other thing is, I mean, we put ourselves in that position too. That's mm -hmm. the, that's the, the other tough part. Um, yeah. cause you know, um, we all gone, went through some tough stuff during that time, but, mm -hmm. um, and if it wasn't for trying to expand and do something great, um, yeah, yeah we wouldn't have been in that position. Right. But, that was the risk we took. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but you know, that's a lot of times that's what it takes to, to elevate, yeah. you know, um, yeah. individually and as a, as a company, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it takes those, those tough moments, which seems like you've been through a good amount on different levels, There's levels to it, obviously, mm. but throughout your entire life. Yeah. Um, and you know, put, you know, getting through them is, yeah. is awesome. But, uh, so, you know, that being said, motivation, yeah. um, uh, what is your, what is your motivation? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> well, let's, let's break it down. Who, yeah. What motivates you? What motivates you first? What motivates me mm -hmm. is being a difference maker in the everyday. Um, whether that be at work, at home, for myself. Um, and the reason I know that and I can identify that is because the last year I stopped caring about that. I stopped, it stopped motivating me. It stopped, I really had no motivation. Getting out of bed in the morning was very challenging for me. And um, I was totally unaware of it at the time, but I was losing a part of me. And that part is that being that difference maker, that change maker. Um, and it, it could be literally just like, you know, changing the simplest thing, making a slight, you know, shift in the house or, you know, painting the wall blue, like whatever it is, or, you know, starting a whole new like uh, arm of our business. Um, any I always want to be enacting change. And I lost that last year. So that's why I'm like, I'm getting it back. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Who motivates you? Oh my gosh. My children, I have two, it's weird. They motivate <laughs> me in a major way. Um, Matt motivates me because he demands in the kindest, most sweet way that I am always becoming a better person. Mm. And I don't mean he's like, be better. Like <laughs> he demands it in the way that he expects it of himself. Mm -hmm. um, he's such a better person than I am <laughs> and he'll admit it now. Um, but he, uh, he'd be like, yes, I am. Um, but he pretty much holds me to a standard and it's such a healthy, like goal oriented, like be a, um, be the best you can be because he sees it in me. He yeah. knows that it's there. Um, and so that motivates me. And then like literally you guys, this team at Revd is like so motivating and coming from this past year, I keep bringing it back to it, but it was some of the hardest times of my life. Like watching, like when I, you know, was on maternity leave and taking that time off, 
watching what you guys would accomplish every single day, the changes that you would make every single day was so freaking motivating. Like this podcast, like this is my first time on set and I'm like, what? Like this is so <laughs> dope, right? Revved on demand, training camp, like all the things that came out of COVID yeah. is because you guys did it. You know what I mean? And like, it wouldn't have just been, it would never have just been me or Clyde or just even the two of us. Like you guys motivate me because you also have life happening at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's the thing about Revved is like people see, us as these machines right um, but they also see us as human beings and we were experiencing um, so much in this past year I mean we were able to finally talk about like systemic racism and what that means to us as people and people of color and like I was able to see through your eyes experiences that you have had and so it wasn't just that you were a machine on a team teaching spin classes you were a human being allowing people to like learn and be motivated by you and grow through your eyes and like that to me is like beyond motivational we just wanted to make you happy that's it Megan. right just oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh, cry again uh, on this podcast. No, I've I was sitting there smiling my face <laughs> off, like you know, and then behind a mask in public, smiling. But no, I I've, I'm beyond proud, and and there's something to be said about being a business owner in a pandemic and being able to take time off. Like what you know, like and you guys yeah. allowed me to do that, and I'm forever grateful. So you can yeah. go have another baby now. Yeah, <laughs> <You're>, uh, <laughs> yeah. Meg's next. You gotta. Put in some work now, huh? Let's yeah. <laughs> I, I am following on my head. Yeah, that's what I mean. You guys are good now. Yeah, a couple uh, years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, five <laughs> years. Five years from now, where do you see? Where do you see yourself? Oh, five years from now, um, pina colada in hand. Now, mm. um, uh, five years from now, I'll be almost forty. So I'll be you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not close. I'm not that close. I'm not that close. No, you're not that close. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I think. <laughs> I think in five years, um, I'll still be at Revd. Um, we'll still, I hope so. We'll still, be, we'll, still be, we'll, still be, we'll still be crushing it. No, I'm just thinking like I'm putting myself, like dropping myself into the Google map. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I'll be, we'll be crushing it at Revd. I think we'll have expanded beyond New England at that time for sure. Um, we'll be doing some, you know, international travel, potentially discussing more opportunities. Wow. Um, I'll have my family thriving. I think Malachi will be like seven at that oh my time gosh. which is crazy <laughs> he'll be a problem I know he'll be a problem um and Mia will be five um and so it'll be comedy I think at all times like I just I think I'm excited about five years from now and yeah. I had never lived in that five-year thought process before yeah. now because yeah. now there's like things to look forward to that are much more than just you know right. like seasons I yeah. guess I don't know yeah. it's weird all right. We'll yeah. take, take a deep breath. We're done. We're done with the tough stuff. The okay. tough stuff. All right. So rapid fire questions. All oh, right. So this is harder than what we just stuff. did, by the way. It's fun. <laughs> though. It's fun. Okay. Fun stuff. Okay. Alyssa's got you. Um, we're not elaborating too much on these. All right. First okay. thing that comes to mind. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Number one, hidden talent. Impressions. You have to do one. Which one? I can do the... Turn it up. <laughs> can you do an impression of Clyde? Of Clyde. A, Cl a Clyde yeah. impression? I yeah. could do it. Oh, my God. All right. Let's see. <laughs> Let me just shake it out a little bit. Let's, it's not going to be, if you learn like that, it's not a talent, Megan, by the way. Like, talk about the, mo like the most talentless person showing their talent. That's me right Meg's now. talking oh. like she's Aries Spears or something like. With, with his impressions. Oh, so you're talking like you're... Yeah. Okay, I've seen you I'm doing that. They're good. good. Ones. They're I good. have to be in the moment. Like, it's... I can't, like, be put on the spot for it, but, like... Oh, I got one. Yeah. 
because I don't think your cloud one's like that, that great. To be honest. Okay. To be honest. Yeah. Britney Spears. Oh my god. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Alyssa, we were sitting. We were sitting one night. Oh having some god. drinks and I was, I was literally crying laughing. Oh my god, wait, What's I need crying, I'm, laughing. Do we have a drink cuz it might Dude. require me to drink right now. But no, um okay, let's see if I can do it. <clears throat> what what's something that she just said like on her Instagram? You guys. Um oh, wait, I have to do it. Hold on. <laughs> it's so hard to do. Ali's dying over there right now. <laughs> um, everyone's been asking me how what like what's in your closet? And I <laughs> I just want to really share with you right now that like I've been dancing in my kitchen and it's not even that good. It's not even that good. It was that no, night. Maybe, that good. No, maybe that was, was good that night. Was drink, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, but she's more settled than that. She's like, all right, y'all. Yeah. Y'all. All right. All right. Remember when Clyde Epic just said, fail. <laughs> let's move. I guess another talent would be, um, that's good. That that's fine. it. That was, that good. was fine. Yeah, thank Next you. Up. Okay. Favorite podcast you're listening Failure. to. We, hey, keep on moving. You mentioned the um, the murder podcast, but yes. the, what is your favorite one you're listening to right now? Oh, my favorite murder is my favorite because okay. um, I don't have to elaborate, but you should go listen to it. It's so good. It's, it is it's great. funny and it's, and it's great. And they are, great they are like huge victim adv advocates too. Like huge, huge, huge victim advocates. So it's cool. Proudest accomplishment. Mm. I think being like in this world still, like I think being yeah. here. Okay. Who would you get lunch with? Anybody in the entire world, dead or alive, mm, tomorrow? Tomorrow. I, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's supposed to be fast, but it's so hard. I would get, oh my God, I would I would get lunch with my grandmother. I never oh. met her. Yeah, my dad's You're, mom. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I would love to just know her. Yeah. I got some info on a uh, medium. Medium or median? Medium? Medium? Like, medium. A, like, yeah. a, like a ghost talker person? Yeah. Really? Let's go. That would be amazing. That I just I got believe chills. In. I believe in that. I believe Absolutely. in energies. Yeah. 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 I, I believe in that. And and yeah, she passed right, right before I was born. It'd be really cool oh, to, know to know her because my dad's so incredible. Like, I would love to know what his mom was like. Yeah. Yeah. But she's a wonderful lady. Have tea with her or something like that. Tea. <laughs> she wasn't British. I don't know where we're <laughs> Hello. A favorite movie <laughs> when you need a belly laugh. Uh, favorite movie. Yes. <laughs> I really love um, when I need a belly laugh. Um, uh, I love like really crappy movies. I, I think a funny movie. You know what makes me laugh? Like, I love when other people think movies are funny. So I'll watch Coming to America with Matt, and he yeah, laughs. He at the, loves he, that. He laughs at the same jokes every time, and then I'm like, okay, this is funny to Wait, me. Does he so, like the second one though? Um, it's a longer conversation okay. than we have time for, but yes. Okay. And then he has his like, you know, he's yeah, got yeah. yeah, he's got his opinion. Like about I even it. know that Matt loves Coming to America. Yeah, when it's on TV, it's on. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. I've just watched pieces of it with yeah. him, and I love watching him laugh at I it. I know. So I'm like, <laughs> he, he, that's, he did the same thing to me. He sent yeah. me a message and was like, yeah, remember this from Coming to America? I was like, oh, yeah. 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 Right? Oh, yeah. He'd always be like, Coming to him. And then the second one came out, and the, the dude was waiting until midnight for the release, like on, on yeah. like the streaming Aww. app. And then we turned it, and it was already released. And he was like, I can't believe I've been waiting for this all day. <laughs> I'm like, it's already released. Like, bro, chill. <laughs> Okay, next up. What do you do to lift yourself up when you're feeling down? Um, what do I do to lift myself up when I'm feeling down? I exercise. Mm. I really, because, and I know that that really truly works now that I've taken time off, like, and, and you know, had babies and not been able to do that. Right. That's the true lifter for mm. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Same. Yeah. Most looking forward to in summer 2021. Oh, hot girl summer. Get yeah. this bod back. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Um, and uh, being back at, at like full capacity at Revd and getting back to um, what those classes felt like. And then I have a family vacation booked for September too. Oh, where are you going? Or the the Severson St. Mark Manly crew are going to Martha's Vineyard for a week. That's so oh. fun. Yeah, everybody has not been together in in years because I think yeah, my brother deployed and then came back and then you know COVID hit and everything. So we it's been a while since we've all had vacation oh, together. The drinks will be flowing <laughs> as be they fun. should be. Yeah. Okay, I know this one is very tough. Oh God. Favorite moment on the podium. Favorite moment on the podium. Um, day one at Revd, Dedham, August 2014. Yeah. 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 Okay. We had these, like, yeah. I just was like, this is real now. Yeah. yeah. And then. No- <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> you have to share. You can't, you can't just laugh like and think, then. I, I know what she's about to say. Go ahead. What? Well, then we went out after. Yeah, we went out after. And then, and then after that, we were like. No one showed not- up. Oh, yeah. Well, we had yeah. a, we had a full we had a full weekend of friends and family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all our friends and family went home. Yeah. And we had no customers. That's base. when they hit, right? Yeah. It's like you you spend all this time. Yeah. You spend all this time to open the place, and you know now That's it's so like sad. well, no, but yeah. I feel like we've been open every every day since. We have been. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Except for maybe a couple of Christmases. But now we. That's been, it. Yeah, we sure. ride on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And sure uh, do. it's like we weren't even ready. I mean, we were ready, but. We we didn't think about it that way. No, it was like it was like it was like we were throwing a big party for our friends and family, and then now yeah. we're open. Well, it's like, the what? the yeah the best way I describe it to people is like you plan a wedding, right? Mm. If you ever been married, you plan a wedding, and it's all these things going into it. Then you have that wedding every single yeah. day yeah. for the rest <laughs> of your life. Mm. You just get better at having that wedding, yeah. and you streamline that wedding, and yeah. like yeah. it's crazy, it's crazy, and like all the elements stay there, but there's always something that's like not quite right, and you got to fix it, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a Monday morning was a rude awakening. I had a tequila hangover. And I remember Clyde saying, well, anyone that took that many shots would know they wouldn't feel good. <laughs> I was like, you remember that? I do remember that. I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I don't want to go to, I was like, I don't want to go to work today. And he's like, you have to go. And anyone that took that many shots would know they wouldn't feel good. Interesting. And I was like, okay, Papa. I was still drunk Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, Papa Clyde, you just don't have Thank to teach you. the 530 yeah. today. Yeah. yeah. But it was a reality check. It was fun. And then we built it from one person in class to two people in class to three to you know, where yeah. we are. So it was crazy. But yeah, it hit, it hit hard that yeah, day. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. All right, let's bring it home. Okay. All right, we ask all of our guests, uh, this is Born for Greatness. Yeah. The reason why you're on here. We believe you're born for greatness. All right, what does greatness mean to you? Alyssa let me know that we were going to have this question. So I've been thinking about it. And greatness to me has, is like a rainbow, right? Like it has many different colors and shades to it. And um, sometimes you only see one of those colors at a time, but it takes all of them to come together to be the rainbow. Go with me on this, okay? I'm with you. Um, And so at certain times, you don't see the whole picture. And at certain times, you're working towards something and it feels like you're beating your head against a wall. But taking a step back and taking a look at the bigger picture and seeing that whole rainbow is what greatness is. And so I see in my life, I'm constantly working on little things, right? I'm constantly working on myself and my my craft and my body and my mind and my family and and the rainbow of my life is the greatest thing ever. And I'm worthy of that. And I didn't always think I was. And 
including recently, I didn't think that I was worthy of like sometimes even having a life. Right. And so then greatness to me is recognizing in those small moments that everything matters that I do and everything that I do is for the bigger picture of my life. And so I'm inspired by people that can also take that step back and recognize that. And I'm inspired by myself because I never thought I was great at anything, right? Because I was living in the little moments. And if I failed at something, there's no greatness there. But they all are part of the colors of the rainbow of your life. And so I think that even when you fail, it still adds color to your rainbow. Beautiful. Thank you. I like it. Thank you. Good way to end. Thanks, guys. Podcast. Thank you. Um, this episode of the podcast. We can't keep going. Alyssa, I think, <laughs> I think it was a success, Liz. I Alyssa think so. had the idea. It was a joint idea. Yeah. But this is a good one. Thanks for yeah. pulling yeah. me on this. I'm, I'm truly, I'm honored. I'm very honored to be yeah. a part well, of it. Well, thanks for being here. Thank and you. thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Born for Greatness, a Rev podcast. We will see you next time. Thanks again, Megan St. Mark. Round of applause. Thanks, guys. All right, you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Revved Indoor Cycling, whose mission is to provide affordable and inclusive experiences for all to discover their greatest potential. For more information about Revved, please visit the website revvedindoorcycling.com. 